This episode of 365 Days of Astronomy is sponsored by Chester Shaw. I'd like to dedicate this podcast to the organizers, to everyone who is contributing to our knowledge, and especially for my four sons, Kibo, Neely, Samuel, and Mose. May your curiosity take you all to new and better worlds. You are about to listen to the 365 Days of Astronomy podcast. What do they talk about? Astronomy. You know, stuff that's far away. How far? How far? Well. This stuff is far. It's really far. This stuff is far, far, far far away. We're talking far. Like uber far. You can't get there by car today. It's super duper crazy far. But not just pulsars, quasars, and stars. We mean it's far. Far, far. far. If there's a doubt, listen to a shout. This stuff is far. IYA 365 Days of Astronomy podcast starts now. Hello, my name is Thomas Covington, and I am here in Charleston, South Carolina, on assignment from my school. Today, I will be interviewing one of the founders of modern astronomy, Johannes Kepler. Good morning, Mr. Kepler, or is it Professor Kepler? Good morning, Thomas and good morning to everyone. Thomas, I never taught at the university. Just call me Herr Kepler. Herr Kepler, we just studied about you in school, and I was wondering if it's true that you worked for Tycho Brahe and he had a golden nose. Yes, Thomas, I did work for Tycho Brahe, and he did have a golden nose that he wore on special occasions, but for everyday use, he had a nose made of a lighter metal. How did Tycho Brahe lose his nose? While attending the university, Tycho got into an argument, which led to a sword fight, and during the sword fight, his nose was cut clean off. Would you tell us a few things about your life? I was born on December 27, 1571, in a small village called Waldstadt, in the Black Forest region of what you know today as Germany. My father Heinrich was a poor man. He had no skills and became a mercenary that's a paid soldier. He was hired by King Philip of Spain, a Catholic, to go to Holland and kill Protestants. The interesting thing about this is that my grandfather, my father, and I are all Protestants. Today, we would be considered Lutherans. My mother traveled with my father, and I was raised by my grandparents. The first school I attended was the German school. Then, I went to the Latin school. I also attended several Protestant schools and was lucky enough to win a scholarship to the all-Protestant University of Tübingen. It's only a two days walk from my village. I was being educated by the church to become a Lutheran minister. My favorite subjects at the university were mathematics and astronomy. In astronomy class, we learned that the earth was not flat, it is spherical. We know this because its curved shadow can be seen on the moon during a lunar eclipse. But we were also taught that the moon, the sun, the planets, and all the stars orbit the earth. This idea of the earth being the center of everything was over a thousand years old. Everyone knew it was so, and it does appear to be that way during the day and the night. For instance, doesn't the sun rise, move across the sky, and set? and then it pops up the next morning to do it again? Not really, but it looks that way. And at night, we can see the stars moving around the Earth, right? 
Not really, but it looks that way. In reality, it is the Earth that is spinning. During the day, the sun doesn't really move, and during the night, the stars aren't moving either. It's the Earth that's spinning. During my time, the thought that the Earth could spin and also orbit the sun was a brand new idea first proposed by an amateur astronomer from Poland a few years before I was born. Perhaps you've heard of him, Nicholas Copernicus. Although astronomy was my favorite subject, I was studying to be a Lutheran minister, so after graduating from the university with a Bachelor of Arts degree, I still had two years of religious studies to go. But six months before I was to become a Lutheran minister, I was asked by the church to go to Graz, Austria, to teach mathematics in a small Protestant school, and I agreed to go. I never became a minister. When I arrived in Graz, I discovered that I had lost ten days. That's because Graz was using the new Gregorian calendar named after Pope Gregory, but in Protestant Germany we had been using the old Julian calendar named after Julius Caesar. Things were very weird in Europe. For instance, Christmas and Easter were celebrated ten days sooner in Sweden and England than they were in Italy and Spain. Why two calendars? Over hundreds of years, the old Julian calendar had lost time because it wasn't accurate enough, and the holidays like Easter and Christmas and the longest and shortest days of the year were no longer in sync with the seasons. Everything was ten days behind. To fix the problem, Pope Gregory wanted everyone to skip forward 10 days and also to add more leap years. You're probably thinking, why didn't everyone just switch to the new calendar? Well, the Protestants and the Catholics didn't like each other, so the Protestants didn't want to switch to the new calendar because the idea came from the Catholics. But let's get back to my favorite subject, me. Those few years in Graz, Austria were great years for me. I met and married my wife Barbara and I wrote my first book about astronomy. It supported the ideas of Copernicus. One of my other duties in Graz was to make the calendar for all of southern Austria each year. It took an astronomer to make a calendar because only astronomers knew how to set the date for Easter. Did you know that Easter is always the first Sunday after the first full moon after the vernal equinox? I only taught in Graz for about two years because Graz was mostly Catholic and in 1597 the young Roman Catholic Archduke Ferdinand II closed all the Protestant churches and Protestant schools and I lost my job. I remained in Graz for another two years earning a living by making calendars and maps. But in 1599 Ferdinand II forced all Protestants to either become Catholics or to leave southern Austria. That's when I left and headed north in the hopes that I could get a job in Prague with Tycho Brahe. He had just been hired as the imperial mathematician to the Holy Roman Emperor. I did get a job with Tycho, and my first task was to calculate a more precise orbit for the planet Mars. I thought it would take a few months to figure things out, but it took much, much longer. I worked for Tycho for about a year and a half, but when Tycho died in the fall of 1601, I inherited his position as imperial mathematician, and then it became my job to write horoscopes for the Holy Roman Emperor and to calculate more precise orbits for the planets. It took five years, but I finally figured out why astronomers had been puzzled by the orbits of the planets for over a thousand years. People thought things in the universe were perfect. 
and that the most perfect shape was the circle. So people thought all orbits had to be perfect circles. But that is not how things really work in space. Orbits are oval shaped. In math, we call this shape an ellipse. Once you know that orbits are elliptical and not circular, it's not too difficult to calculate where the planets or even comets will be in a month or a year or a century. Based on this new idea of elliptical orbits, I was able to discover what you know today as Kepler's three laws of planetary motion. We just studied your laws. Did you also discover other things? Yes, Thomas. I studied the human eye and figured out what caused people to be far and nearsighted. I also figured out that when a ray of light goes through a piece of curved glass, like a lens, it will bend. I also studied Galileo's telescope and suggested ways to improve its design. Did you know Galileo? Yes, but we never met. We only exchanged letters. When Galileo discovered that Jupiter had moons, he wrote a book and became very famous. I was one of the first people to receive one of his books, and within 10 days I wrote a small book of my own supporting his discovery. I was the first scholar to support Galileo and his discoveries. We are almost out of time. What is the most important thing you would like to tell people? To be a good scientist, you must be curious about things and really like what you do. But above all else, you must have an open mind. Things are not always what they appear. This is Thomas Covington reporting from Charleston, South Carolina. And I have been talking to Johannes Kepler about his life from the years 1571 to 1630. Thank you, Herr Kepler. Thank you, Thomas. You are listening to the IYA 365 Days of Astronomy podcast. <laughs> The 365 Days of Astronomy podcast is produced by the New Media Working Group of the International Year of Astronomy 2009. Audio post-production by Preston Gibson. Bandwidth donated by Libsyn.com and Wizard Media. Web design by Clockwork Active Media Systems. You may reproduce and distribute this audio for non-commercial purposes. Please consider supporting the podcast with a few dollars or euros. Visit us on the web at 365daysofastronomy.org or email us at info at 365daysofastronomy.org. Until tomorrow, goodbye.